Thanks for checking out the Oasis Church podcast from Camden, Arkansas. Each week we share the message from our Sunday worship service. Join us anytime. More information at camdenoasischurch.com. You know why we're compared to sheep? Because sheep need lead. Like they need a shepherd to, to, to take care of them, to help meet their needs. Because on their own, um, sheep are pretty dumb animals in, in a lot of ways. And they won't take care of themselves. They won't protect themselves. They won't go and find water. They'll just stay to where they're at and stay themselves. Um, and, and they need taken care of. And so that's what Jesus recognizes that. As humanity, we need to recognize that, that we are lost sheep. Uh, who are in need of a leader, a savior, a king in this person, Jesus. And we need led, and we need taught. And so he sees that they're great need because he has compassion on them, because he sees a bunch of lost people who are there about something that it's not all about. In fact, when we read miracles like this, feeding of the 5,000, and we make it about the miracle, uh, then we're missing the point because it's about the person. That is divine. It's about Jesus, the Son of God, who can do all things and becomes or is a sufficient Savior for us. And so he is the good shepherd. John 10 tells us this, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. And that's who Jesus says he is. He's the good shepherd. Not only does he identify that these people are sheep that they're lost in their need of being led. What does he do? He steps into that role. He says, I, I'm going to be the shepherd. So he immediately starts teaching them. That's what he does. And that's what Jesus does for all of us. He sees the lost sheep that we are, that humankind is, that, that we are people who need led to, to understand our spiritual deficit, to understand our sinfulness, to understand our need of redemption and to be made whole, and to be restored in right relationships with God. And the only person who can do that is the good shepherd who can lead us to the cross, who can lead us to a right relationship, who can lead us to salvation. And we see that Jesus is our good shepherd, and here in this moment, for this crowd of people, he steps into this role because this is who Jesus is. He has compassion on them. He sees their need, and he meets it by teaching them truth. He teaches them truth. He doesn't do miraculous things right in that moment. He, it says that he teaches them. He's giving them understanding because he knows they need to know truth. As God has given us his word so we can know truth, you know that that is such an important part of the Christian life of every believer is that we would know God's word and that we would have the truth of his word to build our lives upon it's such an important part of what we do. It's why every Sunday I'm going to read a lot of Scripture and we're going to study God's Word and we're going to walk through stories and we're going to see what the Bible says about Jesus. And we're not going to stray far away from what these things are selling us because we need the truth. That's what he knew those sheep need. It's what we know today and that Jesus, God, in his supreme knowledge and understanding of all things, he knows that we need the truth of his word to lead us, to teach us. So we see that, that that's who Jesus is for this crowd. Verse 35, and when it grew late, his disciples came to him in this desolate place and the hour is now late. 
send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and the villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, something to eat? Uh, but he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them? So here's what we see. The disciples who were coming back and who we've, Jesus recognized their tiredness in this um, come to this point in the story where they're like, hey, we, we've done what you, we, we've been here. We've been here all day with these people. You've been teaching them. Send them away. Like, it's, it's my time, right? It's, it's time for a break. And if you've ever been a parent or a teacher or uh, just someone, even in a, in a job, like, there's just that time where you get to the point where you're just like, I'm done. And I feel like that's where the disciples were in this moment. They were, they were like, Jesus, just send them away. There's nothing here for them um, to eat. Like, we can't provide this need, and this is an opportunity to move them out. But what we see here is even better than this is, is the first object lesson that Jesus is going to use to teach the disciples that he is the sufficient Savior. Where they looked around and they didn't see any way that they could take care of the needs of this large group of people, Jesus knew. In fact, even he knew that he was sufficient in meeting their needs. And so what does he do? He says, hey, you, you feed them. Disciples are like, kind of sarcastically, like, what are we going to do, Jesus? Take a year's worth of wage and go buy all this food, and it's not even going to be enough to feed this many people. Um, see, we see in the story, it says there's 5,000 men, and most scholars think that there's between 15,000 and 25,000 people there when you add women and children to this group. This is not a small group of people in this place. And so this is a large number, and so they, they kind of come back at Jesus, and Jesus I think is, is pointing them to their insufficiency to handle things and do things on their own. Sometimes I think we need to recognize that, that we're insufficient on our own. Like we think what we could take on the world and then the world crushes us. Like it, it's too much. These disciples this moment, they look around and it's too much. There's too many people. What are we going to do? How are we going to, even if we gave everything that we had, to go buy this bread, it wouldn't be enough. So Jesus says, go and, and see what they have. How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. Um, five and two fish. Five loaves of bread and two fish. And he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups by hundreds and fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to the heaven and said, a blessing, and broke the loaves. And he gave to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. That's Jesus. And nothing else could meet that kind of need. But Jesus could take Five loaves. And this is not, as a kid, I thought, well, why is a little kid carrying around five loaves of bread, right? Like, who would need that? He can pass out the slices. No, we're talking about like five little biscuits or little crackers and a couple of little probably pickled fish uh, of some sort. I and mean, we're talking like a, a, a lunchbox meal for, for a young child that we learn about in, in other um, passages, uh, the other gospels. And this is the meal that they had. 
And Jesus takes this, this small little meal and he feeds these thousands of people by praying and blessing it and doing something that only Jesus can do. That's a big deal. Don't miss that part of the story. The miracle is big. It, I mean, it's not a small thing. Jesus has been doing miracles all through this book and, and, and for these people, and they are big things. But here, the scale of this miracle, like the disciples must have just been just blown away that they could meet the needs of, of upwards of 25,000 people to, to feed them to the point where they are full and satisfied. Only Jesus can meet our needs in that way to the point that we're filled and satisfied. He says here that they ate. And they ate so much that they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and fish, leftovers. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. We see here that this compassionate Savior, um, he looked on the people and saw that their need was that they were sheep, that they were lost, and he met their need for that. And he looked upon them with compassion again and saw that they were hungry, and he met their physical need. But I think even greater than that, remember what it said in the beginning is the disciples. Um, he saw that they needed rest. They didn't even have time to eat. That's what the beginning of the story said, that they didn't have time for leisure or to eat. But what happens here at the end of this story Jesus feeds these thousands of people, and each disciple even has a basket of food left over that they're carrying away from them. They got a doggy bag. I mean, this is Jesus who, who saw that they needed rest in the beginning and throughout the miracle of this story. There's just a small detail here, but I think it's such an interesting thing that every disciple who didn't even have time to eat before continued to do the ministry, continued to the work, and they saw the sufficiency of Christ, and they walked away from the miracle of Christ with more food in their hands than they even knew what to do with. They had eaten in their sat, and they still had some left over. That's the Jesus that we see in the Scriptures. He is a sufficient Savior for all of our needs. And immediately, starting in verse 45, He made His disciples get into the boat and go before Him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while He dismissed the crowd. And after that, and after He had taken leave of them. He went up on the mountains to pray. When evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but they saw him walking in the sea. And they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded. For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Here we see this, the, the connecting verse here, but here's the story. And this is what we can learn um, reading in, in some of the other passages where they record this story. But after this miracle happened, um, that after he feeds the 5,000, this crowd of people wanted to take Jesus and make him king. They wanted to, to immediately take him and celebrate what he did and make him king of them, ruler of this people. And Jesus 
already is king. He is the king of all things. He is the creator of all things. He is the king of physical and spiritual life. He is the king. But he recognized that what they were wanting was a king who would provide their food, who would, who would provide their social needs, who would provide their welfare. They were looking for a physical king who, who was going to come and rise up and overthrow the Roman government, and he would be established as king, and he would meet every need that they ever had, and every complaint would be taken care of. And Jesus knew that that's not his purpose here, and so he said, let's go away. Let's remove ourselves from these people because that's not the person I'm supposed to be. That's not the king. I've come to kind of establish the king of the kingdom of God. And so he gets in this boat, or he tells his disciples to go, and he, he goes away from them, and he begins to pray, and he looks down at the disciples, and he sees that they're struggling. They're struggling. They're rowing against the wind, and they're not making it very far. In fact, most people think that this journey should have taken a few hours. And, and from, from what we're seeing here, that this was um, a lot more hours, four to 12 hours into this journey, depending on... on timing of this that they've been rowing and they're still out here in the middle of this uh, body of water and and they're not getting where they need to go and so Jesus looks upon them and he does this amazing thing and he walks out on the water and he he goes and does something that that only Jesus can do to show them that even in the struggle even in their own insufficiency, I think this is object lesson number two, in their insufficiencies that Jesus Christ is sufficient. See, they can't even get across the lake in a boat rowing because of the wind and the waves and whatever, the struggle that they have, and Jesus just walks out there. That's the difference. See, I think that's the, the difference that Mark is, is trying to let us to understand is the difference between humanity and divine nature, the difference between who they are and who Jesus is, the reason that they are following him and are going to follow them to death and that they're going to preach the gospel with their last breaths is because of who Jesus is and what Jesus can do for your life is make all the difference in the world. See, they couldn't get across the lake and Jesus could walk on water. I think that's an amazing story here, that this is an amazing lesson to see Jesus in this light. This is a huge miracle that they, they see back to back, is that then what Jesus is doing is he's trying to reach the heart of the disciples. We see in that very last verse that they didn't understand the loaves. They didn't know what was going on because their hearts were hardened. Jesus is pursuing the hard hearts of his people by doing these amazing things. It tells us here, and they saw they were headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, and he meant to pass by them. That phrase right there, and he meant to pass by them. Um, it's not that he meant to just go on and do his thing, that he meant to sneak around the corner and try to, hopefully they didn't see me. Uh, but that's, a, that's a, a callback to some Old Testament passage where Moses begs to see who God is, to see God, and he, he hides him in the clefts of the rock. And what the Bible says, that he passes by him. And he sees the backside, the glory, a glimpse of the glory of God. And, and that's all he could handle. 
In fact, it, it, it was such a, an amazing thing that, that he, God had to protect him from his glory, to pass by them, to see his divine nature. Job tells us that, that it is God who will walk on water. That it is, and Job tells us that he was the one who passed by on the waters. We see that he's calling back to this idea of that, this divine nature, that only God could do this. It would be that they would pass by and they would see the power of who he is. But they saw him and they thought it was a ghost. They, they were scared. He said, um, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke and said to them, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded. What I see here is that the disciples, man, they were missing it. It says here that they, they missed what the loaves were about. Here They thought Jesus was a ghost. They couldn't even recognize that this, this divine nature of God, the Son of God, Jesus, was, was just who he says he is as the Messiah, the sent one. They were missing it. I think too often, maybe we, for whatever reason, we just miss the points of all of these things. We miss these miracles. We miss the stories of Jesus walking on. We're not that impressed because we've heard them since we were children. And we're missing out on a Savior who who is unlike any other, who is holier and more glorious and, and is worth all that we have to give him, and we are missing it. That's what the disciples do, and that's what he says. He says their hearts were hardened. They didn't see Jesus for who he was. They, they were missing it, but God in his compassion did two big things, two miraculous things to show them that he was who he said he was. And that's why they continue to follow him. It just seems like the disciples just little by little are learning more and more about who Jesus is. And we'll see that there's struggle even up through chapter 8 of Mark of them just not fully understanding Jesus' purpose and why he's come, but they knew he was worthy of following. What it tells me here is that Jesus continually even pursues the hardest of hearts because he's a compassionate Savior. He continues to be long-suffering with his disciples um, even giving them opportunities to go and continue the ministry he's doing, but he's there with them all the way through this, and he's teaching them. See, Jesus shows compassion in so many ways in this story that, that he showed it from the beginning with, with the disciples and the call to rest with the crowd and seeing their state of who they are um, and doing this miraculous thing to meet their needs of the food, uh, to meet the heart need of the disciples to see him and his power over nature, to, to be stepping away and praying and looking down and seeing the disciples struggling with the wind and saying, doing another miraculous thing to speak to the hearts of the insufficiency of man and the sufficiency of Christ. Margaret, as, as you come, we'll be ready to close. But here's the things that I think I want us to see today. Here's the question that I think we need to ask ourselves. Do we see Jesus as a sufficient Savior? Do we see Jesus as the one that we can rely on? Do we see him as one that's, that's worth putting our faith and our trust fully in?
I know some of you have come to, this, to church today and you're tired and you're weary because of, of things that are going on in your life. And, and I've talked to you about some of those things and, and, and praying for you. And, and there are other people praying for you. But the person who, who's there for you most is Jesus. And he's there to walk alongside you and he's there to show his heart um, as a loving Savior, as one who meets all of our needs and even in ways that we may not fully understand, but he's there for us. He is that kind of Savior. I've been picked up a book that I had put down. I, I started reading a long time ago um, by Dane Orland. It's called uh, Gentle and Lowly. And it's just about the, the heart of God towards people. Uh, about the heart of God's towards sinners and, and, and those who are suffering. And this is a quote from the book. Uh, it says, The gospel flows from God's deepest heart for his people, a heart of tender love for the sinful and the suffering. His longing heart for sinners comforts and sustains us in the ups and downs of our lives. He says that, that this is who God is. This is the very essence of who he is, is a, a God who is there to sustain us through all things, through our struggles and through our ups and downs. And when life is harder than we can imagine and when things happen to us that we don't fully understand, Jesus is there with us and he's going to hold us up. He's going to bring peace and he's going to help us um, get to the other side and he's going to help feed our needs that we need. In fact, in John uh, after he feeds the 5,000 and walks in water, what he tells them is that this crowd gathers again and they're looking for food. And he says, I'm not going to feed you, but I'm going to be the food that you need. I am the bread of life. You don't have to look any further. And if you accept me, you'll never be hungry again. That's the sufficiency of Christ to meet every need that we have, to be able to fully put our faith and trust in him for all that we have. We need to see him as the good shepherd, as the king of our lives, as the one who's sufficient in all ways for all things and all times. I, I pray today that we see Jesus like the scripture tells us he is. I pray today that, that maybe your heart needed to hear this as much as mine did. Um, and, and my heart's just been, or I've just been physically tired and, and emotionally tired over things in the last few weeks, and just to be reminded that Jesus is there for us in every single way. That he will meet your every need, that we need to run to him, and we need to rest in him. And it may not be that he takes us out of the fire, and he may not uh, let us have the nap that we're looking for, but he will sustain us through it all. And that if we just continue to trust in him, when we see what he is doing, I think our souls will be refreshed. I think the rest that we're looking for will be found when we learn to be faithful and trust in Jesus as a sufficient Savior. Let's pray together. God, thank you for being a God who loves us. Lord, I thank you for the passage today and the stories and the miracles here that remind us that you have power that's not like any other. Lord, that you can sustain in ways, Lord, that, that we don't even expect. Lord, that you can meet needs in, in ways that, that, Lord, we don't even begin to understand or be able to accomplish on our own. But, Lord, in all things, you are sufficient. Lord, I pray that, that Lord, our hearts and our minds would just understand that a little more today. 
Lord, not because of me, but because of your word. And God, that we would just surrender to that. Well, that we'd be drawn into you because of who you are. Help us to trust in you today, Father. Help us to, to just come with our, our, our weary selves and our, our, our just unrest and, and find the rest in you that we're looking for. We pray this in Jesus' name.